This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where things are going crazy, apparently. What's up? Yeah, so uh, we're back after uh, a crazy week, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed last week's show, and tonight we will have author Patrick uh, Tomlinson on, talking about his book, The Ark, and then we will have uh, Cooper coming on to talk about Outchasers, which is a really cool uh, Kickstarter that's going to be coming on. Uh, it's basically a card game where you are piloting mechs and attacking each other, which is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Pacific Robots Rim. in disguise in the cards, kind of. Yeah. Well, not, it's not Transformers. It's more like, you know, you got your pilots, you got your mechs, you got aliens and stuff. It's Pacific Rim almost, I which is pretty awesome. I would be cool with that. Yeah. So what he'll talk about, and then we'll talk about geek news and all sorts of other craziness, like uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, which is only <laughs> weeks away. Yes. And we are all swamped with panels. Yes. Yes. Super excited. can see plenty of us at Comic-Con. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's lots to talk about. If you want to see which panels we are on, just go to DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, click on News, and you can see a listing of all of our panels that uh, all three of us are on, and mm-hmm. yeah, and all the craziness there. So, uh, as well as we will be doing a live show on Friday night, so... <laughs> That Thursday, the 24th, we will not be doing a show because we're doing it at Comic-Con. So. Sorry, guys. Yeah. If you want to come see it, just come sh- show up. Yeah. We want as many people there, um, preferably clothed. Um, or not. Th- th- that okay. was a small detail, I guess, that was brought up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we didn't come up with a ruling. Well, Have you ever seen how I dress at Comic-Con? Okay. Yes. It's borderline. There, there was one guy that had no shirt. And it was very distracting. I, I just, thought like, people make it in the audience just to make it easier. He may have yeah. had glitter on his nipples. Sure. It was really distracting. <laughs> that's distracting. I hope we see that princess. <laughs> that's Leia like guy there. depending on the nipple size. That's like holding up a mirror and shining it in your face while you're trying yeah. to talk. It can be distracting. I, I, I want to see that princess Leia guy there. <sighs> yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Bearded, oh, bearded you know Leia. He's be there. Bearded Leia. Yeah, yeah. Bearded Leia. He was amazing. If you guys have a chance to talk to him and get a picture with him, please do because he's awesome. Just <laughs> seriously, you can look him up on YouTube. He has a web series he had he also did uh the little mermaid and he sings the song (laughs) and there's bubbles flying around yeah it's kind of creepy but his um 
his Tomb Raider is just like the sexiest Tomb Raider ever. Nice. When we were shooting him over at the gaming convention, we had this shot. You couldn't really tell it was, it was a guy big, under there because yeah. he was wearing a Star Lord like helmet too. Oh yeah. Up. But he was he was in the Tomb Raider and then like a Star Lord helmet. And so we did this like really fun shot where it like pans up his legs. Everyone's like, oh, it's sexy. And then he takes off the helmet. It's bearded guy. It's like ah. Because <laughs> he has a very beautiful body. He has a you know you would think he's just a woman who's in very good shape. Yeah. And then there's a beard. Awesome. Yeah. Bearded Leia dropping bearded an episode Leia. today. Yeah. Yes. Check it out. So and there's some other cool stuff that will be hitting fandom, which we've taken video of. And if you have, there's a lot of stuff rolling out about the void. I don't know. If yeah, the void is, is coming. So that'll be coming. I've I had did dreams about the void. We, we did something really awesome over the weekend. We invited some friends. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen some pictures of it. It was lots of fun, even with Jessica screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't listen. I had to scream. Don't bring him on the ship. Yeah. What we're specifically I talking about right. is a space simulator, uh, uh, what do you call it, facility, yeah. Discovery Disco- Discovery Space Center. Yeah, Discovery yeah. Space Center out in uh, Pleasant Grove. Super cool, especially yeah. if anyone's like a Star Trek fan. They run like simulations and missions like that, very similar to Star mm-hmm. Trek. We decided to take a big group down there, get some video footage, and it rocked. Yeah, we ran a really kick-ass mission. It was, we it was we awesome. lived, we survived, and it was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Daniel here was yeah. our Capitano, yes. leading us into the depths of space to fight aliens and infections and all that stuff. And then yeah. we had our pilot slash uh, bigger captain, <laughs> Jessica. I'm a really strong woman. Who, who she all, really had all the control. She really did. I was just the person that kind of made suggestions. She she was the pilot. Because I could have said, I let's do... go here, and she could have said, nope, I'm going here. Well, I had to do something because I was like the worst pilot ever. I almost crashed this like eight times. So I Getting mean, out of space I have, dog. like, you know what? <laughs> I have no physical abilities whatsoever, so I'm just going to like yell at everyone. <laughs> it was great. It worked out. Only nobody listened to me, and we almost died from a No, we listened infection. to you at the very end. At the we very did. end, yeah. Like, all right, let's get rid of him. Yeah. It was a pretty like, harsh. Why are we taking him in? I was really mean. I'm like, I don't care about him. I don't know him. I love you guys. Yeah, I don't give yeah, two we, craps about him. We, we picked up a, uh, a straggler, uh-huh. and uh, he we, was. Whom we knew, everyone knew, was changing. And he, he had some infected. sort of infection, yeah. and he was starting to change, and he was aggressive, and he couldn't speak. Jessica and wanted to blow him out the earlock. I did, because I felt like, well, if he's infected, I don't want to be a part of that party. So well, let's get him out of here. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, now that I think about it, there's no way we could have not being both of them aboard. Well, even if we brought him on, my point was we got him on board. We got her. We had to bring him on board to get her on board. Yeah. She's on board. Let's get that sucker out of here. Yeah. Well, him out. unfortunately, our transporter chief did not transport him to the proper area. <laughs> they didn't even go to the brig on the bridge, which was annoying. But we oh well. We had this waltzed in and we had to kick his butt. But anyway. Yeah. Those are all awesome. excellent security, spoilers. For security was awesome. Yeah. Security was awesome. I was the yeah. security officer and, on the... And who else was the security officer? And oh, yeah. And uh, AJ. AJ. Yeah. yeah. And AJ Greyhawk was four four. actually... He actually Dude. worked security yeah. for... What Sony? Yeah. A bunch, a well, bunch of films. He so was, was. He was hilarious. He, he was. was. I mean, he was tired of the guy. He's like... You sit down or I'll put you down. I mean, like, he was going to open fire on him. Every, and he gave him to the count of three. Yeah. And then I intervened and shot him in two. Yeah. <laughs> that one was funny. You know, I, you know, and we had Krebs there. We had several of the Ghostbusters of Salt Lake and other people there. Uh, our scanner guy was hilarious. When we lost all power, he started hiding underneath the 
the, the console. The, the console. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't want to die, and then moves over to the other side. It was, oh. He was like in character the whole time. Even when we interviewed him, he was doing the accent and everything. It was super fun. It so fandom fun. will be returning very, very soon. We yes. have a lot of content on The Void, the Discovery Space Center, Ghostbusters, and much more. So make sure to uh, get excited about that. Just stay tuned. Well, and I need to follow up with the other Space Center because um, I was just notified that they have updated and upgraded their uh, ship, their Ooh, Voyager ship. We might have it to looks, do another mission. It, it looks pretty. Let's do it. So we'll have to do that. As well as Krebs and I have been talking because his birthday is the 27th of December, mine's the 30th, and we should do an 18-hour flight. Holy 18 crap. hour flight after oh, yeah. watching you know Star Wars <laughs> over and over and over yes. for 28 hours. Yes. I started losing touch with reality after about 45 minutes. 18 hours in, you guys are going to have to haul me out. I'm like, no, we're oh, back. Well, that, they have the five hour one. I mean, it, seriously, it's two, five, and 18. It's like there's no middle ground there. We've been doing some cool I stuff lose. lately between the void and these other simulations. Yeah. Like, this has been a cool, yeah, like, nerd this, month. This mission was amazing. Like, seriously, when we uh, started losing life support. You, I just, I, I actually got that sinking pit feeling in my stomach. Like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, because it's, it's so easy. You're just completely submersed in the world. Oh yeah. And the experience, and you actually have to be quite technical with what you're doing when you're running the computers, and you know, it's just. It was super fun. Um, I love how, like, everyone was just kind of, like, joking about it, like, for the first half hour. Like, and then oh, it got really serious. Space. And, and then over the computer, it's like, there is an intruder on the ship. Everyone, like, lost their <laughs> ship. Oh, I know. It was awesome. And everyone got super into it. It was like, oh, that's all. If you guys want to do something really cool over the weekend, a yeah. date night or whatever, get your friends together, go check out the Discovery Space Station and or Space Center in Pleasant Grove. Super, super fun. If yes. you want to see how you react in stressful situations, if you are ever a part of the Enterprise, um, <laughs> I would do it. I learned that I get really bossy and mean <laughs> when I'm in a stressful situation. Those actors that were playing the intruders were legitimately afraid of, of Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was ready to throw them right out of there. It, I, it, it was really good. I mean, we lost all systems, and we were trying to figure out what the heck to do. And, and we're it, trying to be, like, controlled by some, like, AI. Well, man. it was creepy. It, it was really in the room, was. and we couldn't yeah. see it, and it was, you know, it was scary. The best part, in my opinion, was at the very end when we're trying to get away, and there's, like, space fire ring coming after us, and we can see it coming head on, and everyone gets in Jessica's face. The warp! Hit the warp drive! And I'm like, I, warp! I don't have enough power. And warp! then right before it hits, the power shoots up, and I warp out of there, and it was... it was Super fun. It was, yeah. That was, it was a, stressful. That, it was perfect, because... We barely survived. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. So what happens when a woman is driving. You barely survive. You said it, I didn't. I think that's why we got <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. Yes. We got the, the highest score ever. Yeah. Of yes. our simulators there. Just so you all know, we, we dominate the uh, space simulator designed for 10-year-olds. We rule. They <laughs> yeah. can suck you know it. What? Well, I'm sure they have other people other than 10-year-olds. No, they do. They do. I just remember going to the other space yeah. center when I was in, like, sixth grade. And thinking it was the best thing in the world. And then we walked in there and we're doing the missions. I'm like, this is designed for sixth graders. And I'm having a hard time with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and I don't think, you know, the last time we went with to the other one, they don't give you a, a, a scorecard, do they? I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, that was really cool seeing that. I, I was too scarred by the fact that we let an entire planet die by a moon crashing into it. And we decided to leave. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know them. I don't know them. This is my ship. That's I don't what even I said care the, about that's them. That's what I said the whole time. Yeah. We're like, I don't know them. I don't know those guys. I don't know them. Blow them out an airlock. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about them. I care about us. 
Again, check that out. Super fun. We'll post a video from fandom pretty soon here. The creators of fandom, Jessica and Jared, are getting married very soon. So schedules are hectic. But yeah. it is coming. Yeah. Schedules are hectic for everyone. Schedules I mean, let's see. Are hectic. You guys are getting married. I'm moving. Comic Con. It's it's crazy. It's, it's too insane. Much. We just need to run away. That's called the honeymoon. And bye, Daniel. It doesn't count. <laughs> Good luck. Yay! We need to run somewhere nerdy. Uh, I guess we'll go to Universal. Studios. Yes. Be so we got Patrick Tomlinson uh, coming on the show. I'm trying to find out where he's at because he should be calling in right now. Where you at, yo? Oh. Uh, he is not getting a ringtone. That's not a good thing. Okay, <gasps> oh no. hold on. Oh my gosh, are we on air? Or are we we just are on air. Are we talking ourselves this time? Six two six two two six. Can we talk about ourselves? Can we talk about how I'm repping the show with a freaking Deadpool shirt today that nobody can see? Oh my god. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yes. Who the heck cares? Oh, I bought the shirt for the show. Oh, I know you. Even did. though no one's gonna see it. It's amazing, guys. Deadpool. It's a beautiful shirt. It is. He's a beautiful man. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's roll it into is. some very interesting side on the other side of the table. A little I, bit of nerd news. Uh, oh yeah. Can we can we do can that I, while we're can waiting? Can I start? Can I start? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Woman, so first. really exciting thing this morning, uh, American Horror Story trailer dropped. Ooh. I'm super excited about it. So what is the theme of American Horror Story this year? It is hotel. The things that flashed in my brain when I first saw that was the Twilight Zone well, and no, how much I love the Shining. Tower of Terror that was the first and the Shining. Yeah, like I'm super excited. I'm I'm so happy to see um, Evan Peters back and a little bummed we're not getting Jessica Lange. I want the oh. full Jessica Lange experience. But I think I mean, she's we're getting, done. She's, yeah, but we do. You know, we get Kathy Bates and like yeah. she's really good and. Um, Got a couple of new faces, you know, that I'm really excited about too. But I think that this is a pepper. Oh yeah, of course she will. She'll be there. I don't know. Did you? I can't hear you. Yeah. Anyway, he just said, asked if if I thought Pepper would be there from the last season. I, I mean, I feel weird. like she will be. There we go. There we go. Um, that was weird. That was weird. So, but yeah. yeah, it looked really creepy. It looked really good. But I mean, in the past, we've seen American Horror Story trailers that we got really excited about, and the season was kind of nothing like the trailers. Well, they always do it more visually. Right. The, it's the a, it's a, it's definitely a visual feast when it comes to the trailers. I just. I'm, I'm iffy about this season. I do love Jessica Lange. I think she's a powerhouse, and I'm, I'm going to miss her a lot. But, yeah. you know, hotels are scary. They no, really I, are. I think it's a good idea going – because if, if they've, they've done the circus. Yeah. You've got the creepy circus people. I feel that like are they should have done the hotel before that. They hotels, did the asylum. They did the yeah. asylum. The regular haunted house um, they did the first season. Yeah, I mean, the hotels, a, a lot of people don't realize how haunted – a lot of hotels are across the country. Oh, we, yeah. me and Jess, for a film festival, we got put up in the Perry Hotel or the Perry Perry, Perry Hotel yeah. in Salt Lake City. Uh, what was that like, babe? That was horrifying. It was absolutely like it it's the was the worst like the hotel shining. visit I've ever had. And not only that, but your equipment broke in the room. Oh, we had the cracking. worst bad luck. Like, I had, it I had was a horrible. ten, no, I had a ten or fifteen thousand dollar camera with me. Yeah. And randomly, it, it snaps in half. cracking, and like it started, it got this crack on it while we were there, and then all of a sudden the crack started spreading, and then it just snapped in half. And like, 
It was. Like, I was like no. throwing up. I was like so like anxious and crying. I was like, no, my life's over. He anyway, was, he was crying. The, and throwing up. That's accurate. Yeah, the hotel was absolutely terrifying. I made weird noises <laughs> at night. It was just yeah, super creepy. But yeah, super I just excited about to that. Sleep, but... So I'm gonna intercept the nerd news for just a second and share something that I'm super excited about that I know you guys probably have no idea about because of the generation gap. But that is totally okay. So here this morning, we here we go. Everyone, buckle up. These this morning, the trailer for the. Awesome, awesome, awesome app called Pokemon Go dropped. Such an awesome trailer. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Here's what, it's, here's what it is all about. Uh, it takes the experience of what you grew up with, catching Pokemon on your Game Boy or whatever, and it brings it into an interactive app that brings it out into real life. Wow. So... What that means is that you're going to be giving checkpoints and stuff like that. You're going to know where other gym leaders are, other other trainers are. You have to go out in the physical space outside, people, gamers. I know this is scary, but you're going to have to go outside to catch your Pokemon. You're going to have to travel to different destinations to challenge different gym leaders. It makes Pokemon a real life. Thing. I see problems with this already. I do. I think oh, someone's going to get murdered in a basement. I hope well, so. Well, not only that, you're going to see kids that are going to be looking at their screen trying to catch their Getting Pokemon and the walk out into is, a road and boom. The funny thing is the whole trailer, the entire – like everybody in the trailer that's playing the game is my age. Yeah. They marketed this app to people well, yeah. my Ch- age. Children, if you're listening, if your um, Pokemon is inside of a white windowless van – Please Don't abort. go in there. Please abort. <laughs> there was an Alakazam in there and not the fun kind. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, there, it seems like, there's like a, you there can are, see. There are a lot of actual um, games uh, for tablets and that that are designed that way where you're actually combating other people. And it, it is, I can't remember the, the term for it, but yeah, it's based off the real world. And there's hubs and stuff like that. So converting Pokemon to this, I can see. It's going to be a huge, huge, like once you guys see the trailer, oh my gosh, it looks incredible. But I can see some issues where people are going to be more focused on trying to catch their Pokemon on their tablet than seeing what's going on around them. That could be. I don't think anybody's ever died from Pokemon. I don't think it's going to start. It's about to happen. (laughs) The only thing that I'm worried about is, we'll be honest, apps these days and games these days are kind of a pain in the butt because of the way that they're programmed, the way they're at uh, uh, the interactive phase about you know getting gems and getting coins and stuff like that. I can see myself battling someone. Oh no, your Squirtle has fainted. Please wait one hour for the Pokemon Center to revive it or pay five ninety nine for an instant revive. I'm like, no. I love that nerd voice. That, that's awesome. That? I heard that. Do you hear the, sin- the sinus uh-huh. like nasal? Yeah. The sinus Pokemon trainer. Is that, that 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 that'll make an appearance later on the show? Anyway, so we yeah. might we might need some drops in that voice. The wedding, <laughs> the, the wedding is Nerd off. news. Nerd news. Anyway, yeah. check out the trailer for Pokemon Go. It looks extremely awesome. It is uh, uh, designed to be exciting for people my age in our early twenties, and uh, it only shows first gen Pokemon. None of that new crap. This is specifically for the old players. So get stoked about that. Nice. Okay, here's the torch. Who wants it? Well, um, Ryan Johnson's uh, Star Wars Episode Eight yes. starts filming this month. This month nice. in Ireland. Woo! So, uh, yeah, we had to expect that with it coming out again next year. Yeah, right? they're they're. I mean, they're doing back to back years, which is going to be awesome. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Maybe I'm wrong. Is it episode? Is it Star Wars anthology next year, and then episode? Yeah, eight? I think that's okay. What it yeah, is, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. So every um, two years, which is still a pretty big. But we're still thing. getting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean. Some of us have waited how many years for new Star Wars? 
since oh. I was born. How old are you, Daniel? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how old I, I am. Know how old you are. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. I saw this running around on, fi- on Facebook this past week. Yes. I saw the revival of Boba Fett. Oh, as yeah. far as I've seen, Boba Fett has officially been announced as to have survived yes, the Yes, that is, that is part of canon. Um, yes. So, which is a good thing, because obviously that means More uh, Boba, Boba Fett, Fett must be in the movies. It's the Fett. Um, the only thing I'm confused about is Boba Fett would have to be extremely old in the new one as well, if he makes an appearance in Episode 7. No, he could still be young. Because the Sarlacc pit pumps chemicals into you to prolong your <gasps> lifespan. True. That oh my is gosh. true. So I did not think of that. Yeah, so That's he incredible. could still be young and not be as old as Han Solo in that because of whatever toxins or whatever the Sarlacc pit pumped Who into him. Who do you him. think they'll get to play him? Actually, I have a good theory on that. There the was the same guy that was Django like because yeah. now they've made him a clone. Maybe. Uh, but I keep seeing photos of this actor, which I cannot imagine who else he would play other than Boba Fett. Uh, Max von Sydow uh, has been spotted on set quite a bit. I think he's the right age. I think he's the right look for Boba Fett. That is my but vote that's, but for that's Boba Fett. But that's if Boba Fett is old. And that is if Boba Fett is old. But if old. he's not, I would, he, I would see him more as like a you – know, like a general, or like, kind a of like general, a, or uh, in the empire. I or honestly, I see him. I see him as one of the moths. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If he yeah. could be a moth as well, I do. That is my vote for Boba Fett. I think he matches the age uh, and all that stuff. Because I mean, eighty-six. Yeah, that is not eighty-six. That's pretty close. Because yeah. Luke Skywalker is much younger than Boba Fett. Boba Fett was a kid I in see Episode him Two. As some yeah. ancient old wise jedi anyway and boba fett's supposed to be what late 20s early 30s at new hope yeah so he would be pretty old he'd be about that age if not a little older but that's just my two cents that is and i think it would be pretty cool your two cents either way i'm pretty sure we're gonna see boba fett in the anthology film i really do there's a Han Solo film coming out that I'm sure as heck gonna see boba fett in and there might even be a boba fett film just for him so thank you, everyone in the 80s, for buying his action figure more than any other action figure, because now we're getting a Boba Fett movie. Woo! So what's the excuse for Firefly? Yeah. Yeah. We need to buy more action figures. We need figures. to buy more action figures. That is our responsibility. <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter, but it's, yeah. Anyway. This is the exception. Hmm. Uh, another thing of uh, Star Wars news that dropped this week, uh, everyone loves them, the nerd box or whatever. Everyone loves them, the Marvel box. Uh, Star Wars is releasing their own loot box, uh, specifically for Star Wars. Uh, I think it just started yesterday, I think. Yeah. So uh, once a month, you can go ahead and open up your mailbox and find a new Christmas Day experience, which I think I'll be participating in. Which is awesome. pretty sure, yeah, he's going to get that without even asking. However, there's also another really cool thing. So Target's doing something else that if you text in (laughs) something, so if you spend over 100 100 bucks, you get like $25 off. Uh, anything in the store. So there's a special code. You just text in to Target. Uh, we actually experienced that firsthand and then, last week during yeah. Force Friday. Uh, we ran around like crazy. It looked exactly like Black Friday, but just a lot of heftier and smellier people. And we were pushing past everyone through uh, Target, through Toys R Us, through Walmart, to find ourselves a bundle of Force Awakens toys, which we scored! 
But uh, we did end up getting $10 off at Target because we dropped 50 bucks, And you do get $25 off if you spend $100. So go check out Target. Get yourself some Force Awakens stuff. Yeah. Okay, that I'm really awesome. confused. That was an awesome. I'm really confused because right now I'm playing our show. That doesn't sound like our show, does it? Nope. And our guest is trying to call in, but he can't. I think, uh, some, I think something's up with our system. Uh-oh. Yes. I've been just talking to you guys this whole time. Uh, well, it still says we're on air. I just think there might be an issue with... Mic. With, with uh, what? Okay, hold on. And we're having mic problems. We are. It's, it's, this is awesome. This is very, very well, fun. Well, it's better that this happens before Comic-Con. Because yeah. it would suck if it happened at Comic-Con. I'm going to try to call in. See what happens. Because this is interesting. I wonder if someone else is trying to listen to like some, like <laughs> <laughs> some classical music and they're hearing us. These nerds got classy all of a sudden. Yeah. I can see the message they're trying to paint in my mind. I'm so excited for Poe. All right, Poe. Yeah. Like from. Oscar Isaac, Star Wars. Oh, I thought you were talking like about Teletubbies or something like that. No. <laughs> or Mulan. Nope. nope. I like Poe and Mulan. This is really weird. We actually bought an action figure with him on it. Yeah, we got Poe. We got Poe. So I saw this post on Facebook saying, you see a werewolf crawling up your stairs, what do you do? I was like, Falcon Pudge! Oh, you probably wouldn't know who Falcon is, huh? I'm sorry. Like Falcon from Avengers? No. Captain Falcon. Falcon Punch. Nintendo. Ew, no. You know. I know who that is. Yep. How do you not like Nintendo? You're crazy. I do like Nintendo. I was just not allowed to have one growing up. We had an Atari, and that was all I was allowed to play. You. Shut up. Got hey, really Atari's awesome. Ball. I got really good at paddle ball. Yeah? Did you have the, the, the roller ball, or did you have the little knob that you twisted back and forth with the paddle ball? I had a joystick. Oh, you had a joystick? Yeah. Dang it. I had really old, weird stuff then. My generation of gaming started with N64. And again, generation. Yeah, I was in this college really when N64 came out. Really creepy. Can someone call in and tell us if you hear us? Are you out there? I can't call in either. No one can call yeah, in? Yeah, well, our, our guest is trying to call in, and he can't call in. What's happening? It's, it's blocked. I don't know what's happening, it's but uh, yeah, the Pats. We're going to say horrible things, and we're going to find out that the game is like, like I mean, the game. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about football now. That the Pats <laughs> the show is, is recording. Yeah, Blog Talk seems to be down, and so they are just playing. Wait, all of Blog Talk is down? That's what it's seeming oh like, even though we're God. technically on air. Are so, we recording the show at least? Luckily, I have my backup program is running, so we're we still recording the show. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is our guests can't call in unless I disconnect. Let's talk about what we see in the room. I spy with my little eye. A Deadpool shirt. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I bought it. So that I could spy it. So. Let's see. How many superhero things do we have in here? This is so awesome because this is like the one week that Nerd News isn't like crazy huge. Yeah. We've got very little and to talk we about. we don't have a guest. So, well, we do. What, what we could do is what we'll do is we can play the one I already have set up, the pre-recorded one, and then we'll end that. I'll retrieve this, and then we'll just do the rest of the interview over Skype, and then I'll push it out. Are they going to hear our instruction that we're talking about now on the show? I hope so. Hello. They, they need yes. to know we're informative. Oh, yes. prepared. We're so informative. We're, we're telling so you what we're doing because, for some reason, blog talk is Communication up. is the most important thing when you have a relationship with your listeners. Yes. We are communicating this to you. 
I'm not happy that this is malfunctioning. But anyways, so one day everything's going to go perfect, and then the next day the world is going to end. Yes, That's yes, yes, yes. So let me find. Did we already talk about Aftermath completely bombing? bombing? No, we didn't. No. While we're figuring this out? No? Yeah. Star Wars Aftermath, the highly anticipated book that uh, covers post-Return of the Jedi events, has <laughs> bombed. That's kind of scary because well, this is this was the thing that was going to help us get to know our characters. And as far as I was gap, reading on the reviews, because I did not read the book, but I just read the reviews because I was about to buy the book. Um, people just say it's boring. They say that there's a lot of cool stuff as far as politics and details of how they're going to, you know, bring the empire back and stuff like right. that. Well, but they just said it was boring. really boring, and yeah. that's what made episode one and two and three so boring. Was they put too much politics in it? Well, uh, here's the I thing: don't know. is everyone liked the really cool stuff that was written previously that happened after? We had the Dark Empire series. We had the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, the Thrawn, the Uzan Vong. Yeah, like. the Vong. All that's gone, and now they're trying to say, oh, well, we're, let's try to cram this in. And unfortunately, I think it's kind of a bad way to go about it. So I, think I don't so know. Too. I haven't read the book. I can't say truly. But the fact that millions or billions of Star Wars fans that are out there have said, and this is bombed, have said this is not that great, kind of says something. It kind of makes me worried about The Force Awakens just a little bit. I have so much faith yeah. in it because I have so much faith in J.J. Abrams. I think he, no matter what sort he's given, he's going to make it look good. But it just I think people are mainly bummed that all of the canon from before was thrown out the window because that was good canon. The Thrawn trilogy, mm -hmm. awesome. Uzan yeah. Vong, awesome. Jedi Academy, awesome. Yeah, It's gone. And they're sad that it got replaced by this. Well, so I've kind of been thinking. Um, we'll talk. But... I think KOTOR is going to be canon. And oh, this is my reasoning. So. This is my reasoning. Okay. Because they keep the Old Republic going. Well, but go ahead. They could, they'll just keep the Old Republic going because that's a cash cow. But this is how why I think it still is valid. So you've got two Sith. It's the rule of two. Right. Now, the rule of two was started by Revan. Right. And we should really wait for Jessica because she loves Nazi Old Republic. But keep going. Okay, and then, not only that, they are saying Bane is trilogy is canon. So if Bane is canon, he instituted the rule of two from Revan. Revan. So that, that must be canon. KOTOR has to be canon, in my opinion. It blew my mind right now. Yeah. You know what I finished doing this weekend, Daniel? What? I finished playing Night's Story Republic again. I, I'm, I'm on the last stage, but I got sidetracked to by To hear stuff. that there's any possibility of Night's Story Republic being canon gives me hope that one day I will see Revan mm -hmm. on the silver screen, other than the Revan that I've done twice. So, now, how did Revan pan out in the uh, the Old Republic game? Because I found out how that's connected. It is actually connected to KOTOR and the book. Yes. I've played only what's in the original Old Republic game, which you find him on the Foundry, Yeah, I the think. Foundry, which is where... Yeah, where so, and it turns out he was there forever, and he yeah, that's been, where the emperor yeah. captured him and yeah. put him and tortured him and blah blah blah. So that coincides with the book. So yeah. he escapes then. So and we'll see what we're happens. We're not going to see that. him later then. No, I don't think we'll dead. see him later. But I would be so totally stoked just to see a live action adaption yeah. of Knights of the Old Republic. But that was three hundred years. Hey later. Jessica, we started talking Knights of the Republic as soon as you walked out the room because Sorry. there is a possibility that it is canon. 
says who? I want to know. Me. Who says it? I, I'm saying it. I believe that it has to be canon. They haven't announced it yet. But because the rule of but two. But they strictly announced that it wasn't canon. No, they haven't yet. They did, they like ha- six months ago. They well, haven't. No, they s- not Knights of the Republic. Everything else, like post-episode seven and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So basically. No, no, no. They did. They said it was a myth and not actual canon. They call it Legends, number legends. one. Number two, Daniel, go ahead and explain. Okay. So, hey, I just got a message that, hey, Blog Talk is experiencing technical difficulties. Great. Yay, right in the middle of our show. So, okay, so this is my theory that it will be canon because the rule of two is instituted in the movie. There's a master and an apprentice. Right. Now, the rule of two was instituted by Darth Bane, mm-hmm. because, and they have said that that is canon. You know now, who came up with the rule of two? The rule of two, Darth Bane came up Here's with that, that but... Because of Revan. Oh, Revan. I love Revan. So he instituted Revan's rule of two, so they have to make that canon. Revan is the love of my life. He's an awesome character. He's my favorite. Yeah. So, now I know the book, though, the Revan book is gone. So, thank Yeah, the Revan book is gone, but that, again, is post the Old Republic where, you know, uh, Bane and all that junk. So, I mean, the book is pre-Bane. Post Knights of the Old Republic two, yeah. and the Old Republic game. Well, if they ever do anything with Revan, I hope that they can consistently almost make him like the antihero because that's what I love about Revan. He's so human. He he's so. I don't know. I feel like he he's very emotional with his decisions and not at the same time. Um, Again, he's in it for the balance. Like he kind of looks at both parties, and he says, "For the but, sake of everything, this needs to happen." But he questions, and I love that too. Someone tells him, "Okay, you're with us, and this is right. This is what you're supposed to do." And he goes, "I don't know. It just doesn't feel right." Yeah. And he does his own thing, and I love that about him. Everybody's texting on their phone. I'm just I'm messaging. I can't our carry guests. the show by myself, guys. Especially <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about Knights of the Republic, of all places. Like seriously, uh, again, I got done playing the game a couple days ago, again, and I just every single time I play it, I have a different Revan. But they all kind of have the same characteristics, yeah. the same characteristics that you know imply that he wants all things to be balanced. He wants everything to make sense. He wants to look at the even bigger picture than the big picture. Well, I think that's the best thing about Revan. Because there's very few – this is one thing I have noticed with Star Wars and that. There's only very few characters that have gone to the dark and returned to the light. Um, well, Revan's one of those. I like to pretend that never happened, but go ahead. Vader, no, Vader is another one. Luke is one, but now the books say he's not. Um, and there's there's one other one I'm forgetting. Um, but because they've gone Was it from – Mara the, Jade? Maybe no, it wasn't. It was, no. it was it was another, but because they've gone to the dark, back to the light, they're actually more powerful than a standard light Jedi. So, which just makes Revan I think even that's, more awesome. I think that's humans in general, though. Yeah. I think people who've made a lot of mistakes in life learn and have so much more wisdom than people that haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah. So. Either way. I would love to see Revan have his own movie eventually. I really, honestly, would put money on that after they're done with the new trilogy and all the anthology films, that they will turn to the Old Republic for additional content to put up on the big screen. Oh, they need to. Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's that's so many people the, that are big on it. It's one of the best it. portions of history from Star Wars that everyone yeah. loves. Yeah. So. Well, uh, and I know you don't like me using the word mythology, 
but legends. and I like using legends. I got it. But the thing is, is that it's really cool when you watch a film and they explain, you know, kind of what their backgrounds and whatever religion or whatever thing they believe in and why they tell the stories of, of past to, to so you can get kind of a background of why they do things the way that they do things. And the if it is canon, they'll be able to use those references, and I think that will be really exciting for all the fans to be able to use the references from Knights of the Republic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you think about, like, all of, not all, but a huge portion of origin story films, like, you know, origins. You know, some of them can be really cool, but for the most part, people are like, eh, yeah. it kind of ruined the character. Right. Yeah. Knights of the Republic does not well, do that to Star Wars. This is perfect. You know, origin stories, they're kind of, eh, episodes one, two, and three. Uh, <laughs> For, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, little Jake Lloyd passed away. What? I don't know if you saw that. Are no. you serious? Yeah, it was, it was an announcement last week. Okay, let me make sure this isn't a hoax, because that oh, is yeah, very after, surprising. Yeah, after he was arrested. Because um, I saw that he was arrested. How did, yeah. How did he die? How did he die? Drug overdose, I think. Oh my gosh, said. these kids. That's horrible. I'm surprised I didn't see anything about it on Facebook. Yeah, I'm always very shocked. I need to call all my friends Haley, and let them know. Yeah, because McKay doesn't know. Um, I'm always surprised to see, you know, as as much weight as he's gained and all the things that we've seen him go through. Haley Joel Osman. He's come back, you know, he's doing some yeah. stuff. He did the, the horrible, it was a horrible film um, that he did with uh, Kevin Smith. Um, what was it? Walrus Tusk. Tusk. Tusk was bad. Um, Tusk was bad. But, you know, he did it. He did an okay job. Um, I've seen him in a couple other things. I watched him on uh, uh, Hollywood Game Night the other night. And he's he's coming back. He's actually pretty funny. And um, he's a pretty good actor. And he had his little, you know, fit for a minute where he was... Drunk driving, and he had oh, a couple maybe. of DUIs. I think it was, it was a hoax. Okay, IMDb good. says he's alive. Okay, We're good. all good, people. He's alive and well, guys. We're fine here. But How are you? But it does happen, and I mean, there's a lot of people that we... I really hate when people do that. I know. I was Seriously. like freaking out. I was like, Well, what? there was that one, and then there was Betty White, and I'm like, really? No, that there's the nothing one, that can take that woman down. The one that was harshest for me was the original Robin Williams hoax that oh, yeah. freaked me out. And then literally a month later, it, it actually it happens, actually. and you can't accept it. You're like, no, it's a hoax. Yeah. It's a hoax. The last one was a hoax. This is a hoax. So, All right. So we're going to take a small break, and then we'll come back with uh, Patrick Tomlinson. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We'll be back shortly after this. Okay, so uh, here we are, Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We are at Salt Lake Gaming Con. We are sitting in the booth of Out Chasers with Cooper talking about this new game that's coming to uh, Kickstarter on September 14th, correct? Yep, that's right. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about the game? Yeah, so uh, Out Chasers is a 1v1 strategy card game um, where you pick a giant robot and you pick somebody to drive it and then you try to blow each other up. Sweet, so now... Uh, so when you're playing the game, you have both pilots and mechs, and I'm guessing additional cards that can uh, buff your mech up in a way. Yep, exactly. So uh, you pick a pilot that has an ability, you pick a mech that has an ability, uh, and then you use equipment cards to equip your mech. Um, and all our, all our cards are interesting because uh, with equipment, you can uh, play them two different ways. Every card can be played two different ways. So um, if you play it vertically, it's more of a one use, and then it gets discarded. And then if you play it horizontally, you can equip it to your mech and use it for weapons and armor um, to eventually destroy people. So, 
Okay, so I'm assuming if it's vertical, it's kind of a more powerful blast because it's a one-time shot, and then it's lower when it's horizontally, and then you can multiply or stack that? Exactly. So uh, usually when they're vertical, they'll do more damage, or they have a fun effect like draw three cards, something okay. strong like that. Um, and then when they're horizontal, um, they have health and they have attack, um, but then you can stack them together. So if you stack a card with two attack with a card with three attack, now you can attack that, that whole thing for five. Um, so, yeah, and then you can also play our equipment cards face down. Uh, and if you do that, you can hide certain things. You can bluff a little bit. Um, and then there's traps. So if you hit something face down, it could be a trap. Uh, yeah. So where did the idea for this card game come from? Um, so I've just played a lot of card games and uh, really thought that there's a lot of people who are tired of the model of buying booster packs. Um, and so we thought we could make something um, in that vein. Um, something, not so many cards. This is our first game we've ever developed, so we shot for something a little bit smaller, so we have 72 cards. Um, but, yeah, we also are big fans of big robots, so we had, uh, actually, my partner, his name is Nick, we met at college because he was wearing a Transformers shirt. So we had bonded over that, and then, so that was kind of the, just the start of it all, so. Okay, so this question is not pertaining to the game. Who is your favorite Transformer since you mentioned that? I, my favorite Transformer is Springer. Okay. Yeah, so that's a... Good old classic, you know, yeah. Gen 1, yeah. almost Gen 2, uh, the Triple Changer. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on the new stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the redesign of Optimus Prime either, but yeah. it's pretty, Peter Cullen's voice, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, okay. so who's your favorite Transformer? Optimus is my favorite. Optimus. Yeah, always has Optimus. been. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so, so... You got a basic set, 72 cards, yep. and then you're out of that 72, you're going to pick one pilot and one uh, mech. Yep. Okay. There, there's six of each, so there's a bunch of, they all go together in different combinations, so yeah. you can, there's a bunch of replay value in that. Nice. Ways. Now, is there, so once this gets out, is there potential for, because you said you don't want a lot of booster packs, which, you know, that's one reason I hate magic. It seems like there's another version, there's, you got to keep buying booster packs to get anything cool, you kind of get everything in one shot. Yeah. But is there potential that maybe you're going to have another expansion that will have different pilots or different mechs or even maybe giant monsters like in Pacific Rim? Yeah, that's one thing we were considering. Um, and then that would be some expansions down the road. Um, but they won't be uh, – they'll add to the game, um, but we don't have it planned out quite yet. Um, so, But if, if you do buy them, you're not buying random cards. Um, you'll know what you get in every pack. Um, so. Nice. I actually I like that a lot better because you know you you know you're getting a full game, yep. and you're not gonna have to spend 120 or more money just to to get something cool. So uh, you know, a couple other things. You know, with the Kickstarter, why did you decide to go the Kickstarter route instead of trying to go you know traditional game publishing? Um, so we've been doing everything ourselves so far, um, and been avoiding the publishing route generally because I think most publishers don't want to deal with a first-time designer okay. um, but I think that in our time doing cons we're kind of proving that people like the game and that it's um, a good product and I, I'd like to keep it um, as my own um, we have plans to do a digital version eventually and, and keep expanding that way um, and so I'd like to just keep working on it as my my thing and not sell it to someone else So, but Kickstarter will allow us to Print copies. That's a you know it's a big lump sum to to pay a manufacturer to do a, a big run of games. So that's why we chose Kickstarter. 
Okay, cool. Um, now, you, you mentioned a digital, so are you thinking more like mobile or something on the computer then? Yeah, so I'd like to do both eventually. These are a long time yeah. away, but um, I would like to do both. Um, so probably starting with mobile and then moving to desktop. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. So you, you you've had success at the conventions. I mean, obviously, before we we started the interview, you mentioned how people are coming back for replay, and you, a couple of your guys here are undefeated, or and so I mean that's pretty cool. I mean, it's really exciting that you're seeing that replay coming yeah. back. So I mean, what is so? Last question, really. What is different and unique about this compared to other card games out there? Um, so. This is a 1v1 strategy game that plays a lot like a trading card game. Um, but it's all in one package, and more like a board game feel. Um, but there, there's a ton of replay value, um, and you really get that 1v1 that you would get out of Magic, but from a smaller package that um, that you don't have right now on the market. So, and The other thing is we have the, the dual-use cards is something we don't see a lot. Um, and then there's no resources, so you're not tapping lands. It's You see that a lot when people make a new card game. It's kind of the same thing. You, you tap your lands to spend you know, your resources to bring out your stuff, and, and ours is a, is a different system. It's all based on actions, and so it's really got some unique gameplay in that respect. So. All right, cool. Okay, so for those of you out there, go take a look. Pay attention to Kickstarter around the 14th of September. Look for Out Chasers. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook them on facebook uh which is facebook.com slash uh outchasers or even on twitter is outchasers as well uh keep an eye on that they'll give you more information uh, and this is a really cool yeah, game i'm on. excited for it so uh, yeah, well, thanks were, for your time finally. and oh, everyone yeah. go check this out only 40 minutes late <laughs> uh, no you're fine it sounds like uh so our blog talk radio our carrier it looks like they are having a massive system-wide issue so nothing you were doing Good. I'm glad I wasn't typing in a number incorrectly. I yeah, think so after. that's why it suddenly went to classical music because oh, that's right, it lost us. So gotcha. Yeah. Luckily, I have a backup system that records everything. So awesome for us. But um, anyways, so how are things? Things are great now. Been uh, been looking forward to getting back on the show here. It's now that I've got something to talk about again. So. Housed by everybody there. Things are going well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, now, I don't know why. This says it's your... Hold on. I'm just trying to pull up the, the thing. <laughs> so, there we go. So, this is the first book in the Children of the Dead Earth series, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So, The Ark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, we're not live. We're We're recording. <laughs> Are you listening at all? We, we'll be pushing it out later. So, um, so this, the book is The Ark, mm-hmm. and pretty much it's set in the future with a dying Earth, or is this an alternate reality, or what is it exactly? Well, um, long story short, it is a murder mystery set on a generation ship. Uh, the Earth is, uh, as the, as the uh, series title might suggest, is dead. Um, it's the fact that Earth's been dead for... Uh, a little over two centuries. A black hole called uh, Nibiru uh, kind of plowed through the solar system and just wrecked, well, you know, everything as, as black holes tend to do. Um, and, but it was, you know, it wasn't traveling super fast, and so 
the Earthlings back then had about 80 years worth of lead time. They knew what was coming. They knew the end was unavoidable. So they built the Ark, which is a generation ship that holds 50,000 people. And they, uh, they you know, spent uh, all of the last 80 years worth of, of Earth's history pouring all of Earth's resources, all of the economies, all of all the manpower, you know, everything, into building this thing so that the species had a chance to survive. So that's the that's the backstory, uh, and then the setting is 230 years after it launches. In fact, it's just a couple of months away from reaching its final destination planet, where they're going to, you know, hopefully put down stakes and, and start over. And there's a murder uh, right in the just out of nowhere. Um, in fact, it starts out as just a missing persons case, which is not something that they've had to deal with because there's only so many places you can go missing on, you know, a sealed airlock spaceship. So that's the uh, that's the setting, and that's where that's where the action gets rolling. And from there, it you know takes your usual murder mystery thriller twists and turns and conspiracies and action and and all that good stuff. Just the murder itself is special because that's really not something that that's happened. Um, more dying of like disease or something like that. No, not not even. I mean, everybody pretty much dies of old age or the occasional freak accident. Um, the the fifty thousand people that were that were selected to be on the ark were, you know, I mean, you're you're picking out of a stock of ten billion people originally, so you get to pick the absolute best quote-unquote, you know, um, not to be judgy, but, you know, they had to set criteria, obviously. So you've got, you know, you've, you've got, yeah, I mean, who's who's going to... We would not make it on the ark. We would not make it on the ark. Exactly. I probably wouldn't make it on the ark. I've got high blood pressure and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, purchase for, for uh, you know, for a little bit of violence and, and antipersonal, dis- uh, you know, <laughs> so, Yeah, well, you know, you might actually be okay on this thing because the the habitat modules are absolutely gigantic. They're they're two kilometers long and two kilometers around, or I mean across. So they're they're huge spaces. Um, there's just massive amounts of acreage in there because they have to grow all their own food too. But to go back to what your your question of you know what makes the murder, uh, you know, why why is it important for this one person? It's like it's, um the person is is. Uh, of some importance to the to the crew, but it's not like the captain or anything. It's kind of you know, it's just this person is just sort of plowing along, doing their job, just another cog in the machine. But you know, the the folks who were or the ancestors of or I, I'm sorry, yeah, the ancestors of, of the people who were were put on the ark. Like I was saying earlier, I mean, they were uh, you know they they were the best, not just physically and intellectually, but also they'd been screened for you know for for Genetic diseases. They were screened uh, psychologically. So the the hope was that we were going to move past 
Yeah, it was kind of like this utopian thing where we were going to move past all this, all this divisiveness and violence and criminality, and we were just going to take the people who didn't exhibit those traits and use them instead, and just leave all that stuff in the past. Well, it's not exactly. Um, you know, it wasn't racially based at all. I mean, every yeah, it's a very a passive sort of eugenics thing. Like you know, because something else was killing everybody anyway, so we may as well just select the best ones. You know, we, so uh, yeah, that was the that was the intent of the people who were loading loading the ark up a couple of centuries ago. This happens in uh, year 232 of the trip. So, yeah, they're, they're now 11 generations into this trip. Anybody who actually stepped on board the Ark from Earth has been dead for, you know, 150 years or something like that. Um, you know, everybody has been, everybody's grandparents, great, 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 great grandparents were all born, you know, and lived and died entirely on this place. So this is the only home they've ever known. So much. I think it would be really cool to see a sci-fi rendition of it, especially a post-apocalyptic right. inspired kind of thing. Yeah. I, I find that fascinating. I think that's really, really cool. That, I almost that, think of this. That watched uh, Titan AE. I really liked Titan AE when I was a kid. Right? And, yeah, it did. It was cool, and like they didn't. Uh, I mean, it was it was basically a box office flop. Nobody really went to see it, and critics panned the hell out of it. But I watched it again just a couple of years ago. I was like, no, I was right. That actually held up pretty well. <laughs> no? I think it wasn't it was bad. Of its time, really, and it was a cartoon that, on top of everything. Yeah. The storytelling was so superb. Had that come out now in live action, we would have called it Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, and it would have made a billion, billion dollars. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Yeah. But anyway. I think back then, kids just, you know, I think parents got it. I think, oh, it's a cartoon, and they weren't ready for yeah. The politics. Well, well at that point, <laughs> cartoons really hadn't been motion more pictures. for well, motion pictures were more for based around adults, and now that kind of se- that seems okay yeah. now. Right. W- one thing I have to say that I do like about the the arc story is that we're not getting you know human beings that have been on this spaceship that look like you know from Wall-E, where they're all yeah. heavy set. No, 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 all over the place. You know, no, they, actually, they uh, sounds like they're actually working and doing everything they normally would on. Well, because there's only so much automation you can come to rely on, you see, because you've got you've got this ship that has to be completely and utterly self-sustaining for centuries, and so like any machine that you build is something that you're you're putting you're putting your trust and faith in that it isn't going to break, and so you know we anybody who's owned a car <laughs> knows you can't really do that. Yeah. There's this, there's no you know, there's there's no place to pull over and get more supplies because they're out in the middle. I mean, they're they're traveling between um, they travel between the Earth's uh, the Earth solar system and a real solar system called Tau Ceti, which is about 12 light years from here. But they're traveling to a, a, a fictional planet called Tau Ceti G, which they later come to call Gaia. Um, that you know, in fact, we know Tau Ceti has a a system of five planets. They've been uh, upper end of five. I think they've confirmed for sure three and two more are really strongly suspected. 
Um, and Tau Ceti G um, actually fits right in between, in an orbit right in between known planets that also happens to fit smack dab in the, in the habitable zone of that star. So that was just a perfect place to put it. Um, but yeah, so when you're when you're on this thing for for this long, like there's nothing between us and it. Like there's no there's no way to get more supplies, and so they kind of counterintuitively have as little automation as possible. So I mean, p- the people are still working the farms. There's you've got fifty thousand people with you know that would otherwise have nothing to do but twiddle their thumbs for a lot. Completely mad. So instead, they they you know they have assigned tasks. They all have they all. And they were all based off of stock, uh, you know, physical stock of people who you know weren't prone towards heart disease or diabetes, and were you know probably more, quite a bit more athletic than the average uh, than, than the average person would be, you know. Because I mean, when you're, like I said earlier, when you're siphoning down from 10 billion people to 50,000, I mean, that's a that's a percentage of a percentage point, you know. So you can you can end up with Almost superhumans, really. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Really cool series, just that building up to the eighty years of designing the ship. Yeah, I like how much backstory goes behind the entire event. So, I mean, what is the ultimate objective of the arc? It is to get to that that uh, system of planets that is inhabitable, correct? Um, yes. How long does it take to get from the Earth system? To this new system of planets, and has it become legend or something because of how long it's been and how many new generations of people have been passing down the story? Well, it takes exactly 232 years, and so they're they're ex- they're one month away from the point that they have to flip the ship around and start decelerating to to enter orbit. Like they they know it's there. It's not uh, it, it's not a legendary thing because they've got they've got optical uh, and and radio telescopes on on board the front of the ship that you can look at it. And in fact, there's a second ship, an unmanned ship that they called Pathfinder, which originally was a uh, a prototype for the for the drive system. And when it uh, when it had finished going through its trials, then they equipped they, they equipped it with um, drones and rovers and um, communications relays, a uh, GPS satellite network, uh, and a, a bunch of other things that that would be needed. And then it was shot a few months ahead uh, of, or about a year ahead, actually, of the arc um, to scout ahead. So it's already there. It, it's already, in fact, sending back like live streaming data from all of its drones and of of the wildlife that it's seeing. So like they, they know for sure that this is a concrete real place. In fact, it's Earth that has faded more into legend than anything because they know it's been dead for two centuries. Um, in fact, they don't. there's a part in the book where they, they mention that um, because the, the telescopes on board the ship are pointed forward, not back, they actually voted, and they don't know if Earth was swallowed by the black hole or if it was flung out to freeze to death. They never actually, like, they decided to look forward and not back. And so Earth's fate isn't even really known. Uh, but it was either one of the two. It was either, you know, you've been burnt up in a singularity or you're now a rogue uh, planemo out in uh, just a couple of degrees above absolute zero. So, you know, either way it was screwed. But yeah, so people feel less connection to Earth even than the new planet that they, even though they haven't been to either of them yet. So they've already been scouting 
about this new planet. Uh, we've gotten readouts of the wildlife and everything like that. How much does it differ from Earth? Is it more like alien, or is it just, you know, they, that's kind of the story behind that? It's actually quite a bit older, because um, the, the Tau Ceti system, the star in Tau Ceti uh, itself, is about a billion and a quarter years older than, than Sol is. Yeah, so it's it's quite a bit older, and so the system itself is quite a bit older, and then all the planets would would also be quite a bit older. So it's about the same, it's around the same size. It's uh, just a tiny bit more massive, but it's also a tiny bit less dense. So even though it's even though it's a larger planet with a it has a and a larger diameter, uh, its surface gravity is just a tiny bit less. It's like ninety. I don't remember the calculations exactly. It was like 93% of Earth's gravity. And it also sits in a... The thought put into the, you know, the logistics of everything. You know, us nerds appreciate that we know the density of the planet and the age of the planet and all that kind of stuff. Those are really cool details. Well, and that's, there's, a, there's a reason why its density is lower, too. And because of the fact that Tau Ceti's, uh, the star is so much older, it was an earlier generation of stars, which means it was around before there was quite as many supernovas blowing up and throwing heavy metals out everywhere. So it's metallurgically, it's actually it's, it's a metal-poor star system compared to ours. So there wouldn't be as much, uh, you know, of the of the heavy metals passed around, say, iron, uh, as there are anywhere else. So conversely, the the, the planets, uh, the rocky planets that would form, would be would be less dense, pretty appreciably. At least that's the the working theory. So, yeah, some thought went into that, too. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm not going to ask too many more sensitive questions because I'm sure we find it in the book. My curiosities would be like, is there an indigenous species on the planet that is intelligent, that has technology and stuff like that? But I'm actually looking forward to reading and finding out. No, not yet. They are being reviewed, however, by a uh, by a uh, agent out in Hollywood. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in uh, in my neighborhood for a long time, and mm-hmm. you never know who's going to make it big and stuff like that. And it's, I think it's stories that are made, you know, in this in this. Uh, uh, Genre and the size, you know, all the thought and stuff that goes behind not just the story itself, but where its foundations and its the things that make it function and stuff like that. Uh, it just makes me excited to see, you know, what could make it either to Hollywood or what could make it in a longer book series and stuff like that. So this is one of them that I will be paying attention to because it sounds very, very cool. Thank you. Um, we've already sold the second book, and which is called Trident's Forge, which takes place once they actually land on the on the new planet. Um, and that one I am in the middle of a big rewrite of right now that's due in about a week before I have to send it out to the publisher for them to take a look at it. But that one's definitely happening. And then they optioned a third. So if you and you know everybody else listening to the blog or to the uh, the podcast here, um, you know, goes out and buys enough of the first two, then we will definitely get the third one. So now, when is when is the the book become available? Well, you can pre-order it right now. Uh, you can go on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble and, and uh, look up the art, um, you know, under my name, Patrick Tomlinson, and get it, you know, coming to you just as soon as it's out. It, the launch date is November third. Uh, we will have mass market paperbacks um, available. Uh, an ebook will come out at the same time, and we just shipped it off to Audible too. So 
uh, as long as everything goes at, you know, as long as everything goes as planned, we should have uh, the ebooks, the paperbacks, and the audio version all dropping on the same day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I really hope so. And you have an amazing cover for this book. Oh, I love it! Yeah, there's a uh, there's a digital artist named uh, Larry Rodstadt, and he's been doing a lot of really incredible covers lately, including for some of the, the uh, debuts of some uh, friends of mine. Uh, who have also been starting to get published over the last couple of years here, uh, notably uh, Mike Cole and his his Control Point series. Um, and Larry's been doing a lot of covers over in the UK, which kind of embraced that that photorealistic um, look before the US did, but now it's starting to percolate over here too. So yeah, I, I love that cover. The cover for that and Trident's Forge you did at the same time, and they, they look just kick-ass. Yeah, no, it, it looks amazing. So, okay, now in the background, now is that what the ark? So, are those buildings in the ark, or is that old church? No, that's the idea. There is that um, there are there are two modules, like two big, huge habitat modules, like I was mentioning earlier. One's called Avalon, and the other one's called Shangri-La, and they they counter rotate one another. They're big. They're big, huge cylinders, and so they, they counter-rotate each other so that they, to, the gyroscopic effects cancel each other out. And they, they create artificial gravity uh, on the inside surface of, of the cylinder by, through rotation. Um, in fact, uh, I had a, a fan of mine actually sat and worked out the, the numbers on it to, so we would know exactly how fast the things had to be spinning uh, in order to create 1G on the inside surface. And it was something crazy, like almost 400 kilometers an hour that the things are spinning. It's nuts. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, so the inside of it is is wrapped. Uh, the inside of both of these modules are, are uh, you know that's where everybody lives. Um, and so there's there's buildings in there. There's parks. There's walkways. There's lakes. Um, you know, s- schools, hospitals, everything. But and then around the axle that runs through both of them is huge, huge banks of lights. And those lights, you know, recreate uh, daylight. They, they, put out, they put out heat and all the UVA and UVB that you need, um, as well as sunlight to make sure everybody, you know, stays healthy with their vitamin D and everything. And also provides the light that you need to, to grow your crops. And those alternate. A question about the background about, you know, because you guys had, had to have had a huge operation to get this thing made. Um, as far as government and stuff is, is uh, concerned, did the United States come up with this? Was it more of a UN thing? And then how did that carry into the ARC itself? What are the, the politics and stuff like in the way it's run? Well, yeah, I mean, languages I yeah, that. languages too. Yeah, there. When it originally happened, I mean, it was there was there wasn't a one world government. The closest thing that came to it was a UN, or was the UN, I should say. Um, and then there were some. There were colonies on, on the moon, and there was there was one self-sufficient colony on Mars. Because it's all, it happens about, uh, when did I say? I think about a hundred years from now is when when it they actually discover that the thing is coming, and then the launch happens 80 years after that. So you didn't have a, uh, you, you still had kind of fracturous governments, um, but they've been doing pretty good working together, turning things around on the like you know the global uh, climate change front. They've been getting better at working together. And then when it came down to this, it's like, look, um, we either work together on this or everybody dies. And so 
they that was really because I'd thought a lot about some things I'd heard at a, a couple of different talks over the last few years here about how how such a small amount of money and actual effort is put into you know any of these big projects that we do as human beings you know uh, I mean here in the U.S. we spend more on NFL football merchandise than we do on NASA in a given year. That's not even a made-up thing. That's like between tickets and, and merchandise. It's crazy. It's, it's insane. Hey, you know, it's, I, I know. No, it's fine. I'm, I am not complaining. I'm a Packer fan for life, and, you know, we've, I've got yeah, – yeah, poor people. Anyway, but uh, so, you know, I, I totally get that. But it's like if <laughs> – Nothing actually unifies human endeavor and effort like uh, like a common enemy or a common threat. I mean, you know, when you had when you had World War II come along, the amount of technological development that happened in just five years uh, is is staggering. It's absolutely staggering. And then the same thing during the space race, during, you know, between the U.S. And, and the USSR during during the Cold War. I mean, the 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 amount of money that we poured into the Apollo program. I mean, it was 10% of our budget for nine years. That's inconceivable today. But if you have something, so, you know, the idea that you could build a 10-mile-long spaceship and put 50,000 people on it and shoot it towards the nearest star, we will never do that. Not, we'll never do that unless something like this came along, where it's this or or bust, guys. I agree. I mean, if they, if. The news came out tomorrow that there was a black hole heading towards Earth and they needed money to build something like this. I honestly would give them every cent I had. We would Armageddon that bitch. Yeah. yeah. The whole world has come together yeah, to save I the feel planet, like, Yeah, I feel like it would bring the entire world together. I mean, of course, except for a, a few extremists who would probably blame everything on us anyway. But oh, I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... It's all gay marriage. Know, That's what did it. Well, yeah. Um, I feel like it's... Uh, I feel like the need to survive in most humans is just is just so well embedded that I think most humans would give up everything that they had just you know survive. to survive. Yeah. Just for a chance of just for the chance of, of yeah. letting the species go on, and so that's that's why I ended up writing it the way I did. Now the politics becomes kind of interesting because once you get on the ark, um, in fact, there's a there's a scene where where the main character is is outside of it in a little EVA pod for the first time. He's never been outside the ark before, but now he's looking at it. And he sees on the outside of the uh, of, of the the hull, yeah, outside of the uh, the modules, the habitat modules, there's these massive uh, flags painted on it of every nation on Earth. And he can't recognize any of them. Like, he can spot out a couple, but they're all complete. Like, he's, he's never seen them before. He's never had to know them. So by the time you've been a couple of generations into this trip, none of the old politics matters. It's it's dead. It's gone. You know, it's, it'd be like immigrants coming here. You know, how many? If you're, you look back in your own, you know, your own family history, how many generations was it? Uh, you know, after your German grandfather got off the boat, before you stopped giving a shit about politics in in Berlin? Right. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you know, and. And nobody would on the Ark either. I mean, you'd still have you'd still have some ethnic division, and that's that's brought up in the uh, in the way the the populations of the modules split up. Um, and you'd certainly have you know faith based and, and religious types of 
types of separations. But as far as like the 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 nationality, uh, you know, and that that sort of thing goes, it just it, it would stop existing as soon as the Earth did, or very soon thereafter. So who maintains order as far as like authority? There's actually a division of of authority. Um, there is among um, among the passengers, for lack of a better term, um, you know, the people that spend all their lives living within the within the habitats. There's a, there's a civilian government. Uh, it's democratically elected. There, there's councils, uh, but then you have a separate group of people that are just colloquially colloquially referred to as the crew. And these are the people that uh, maintain the ship itself. These are the people in the you know on the command deck. Uh, they're the ones who you know are, are keep the reactors going. They're there are people who are vital to the, the the systems of the ship itself, and so you, the crew worries about, you know, has basically absolute authority over the ship. But then, you know, within the modules, that's the the free reign of the people living there. So you've got the, there's kind of an interesting dynamic there too, where you've got both democracy and the sign of sort of benign tyranny coexisting at the same time. I like that. I guess that's kind of what I was aiming for when I was asking you. Uh, 80 years. They first started seeing. Uh, they first started seeing uh, uh, gamma ray bursts, little ones, um, from the Oort cloud. 80 years prior to when the uh, when Nibiru got so close to Earth that it's disrupted its orbit so much that they wouldn't. You know, it, it was it would be too late at that point. And they were able to chart that out like way, way in advance, very, very accurately. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it was a it was just a rogue black hole that came through the system, and they don't. They don't move that. Um, they they can move very fast, but even you know coming from a light year away, which is about a, right around where we think our Oort cloud begins, is maybe a light year, maybe a light year and a half. Um, it would it would still take an immensely long time to get here. I think um, as soon as you said eighty years, I think what popped into my head. I feel like um, the population would have decreased tenfold by then. Because I mean, to be honest, where I am right now, if I, if the news came that in 80 years, this was going to happen. I think that most people would stop trying to have children. They would want to, you know, the chance that we don't survive, they wouldn't want to put their children or grandchildren or something like that. Um, I think people would stop having children. I think the population Suicide. would go down. Suicide rates would go. I don't think so. I mean, 80 years is a pretty. I think most of us would be dead in 80 years anyway. But you wouldn't want to put your. People have had less reasons for suicide. That's true. But you wouldn't <laughs> want to put your kids through that, I think. Um, yeah, but there's the, the, if there was no hope, I would agree with you. But the Ark is the hope, right. and so there, there's only fifty thousand people getting on it. Yeah, people aren't good with numbers. Yeah, <laughs> people people play the lottery every day. Millions of people play the lottery, and this was this is kind of the ultimate lottery. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that the pop, the birth rates wouldn't decline because I'm almost certain they would. Or but they wouldn't. They would, would just start having sex all the time because they're like, we're going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell of it. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, we're just, we don't have to worry about the consequences. Yeah, so. Exactly. It's, I, I don't, like, I just went ahead assuming that there would be, there would still be a significant population because not only would, you, not only do you continue to need an economy 
to support the construction of this damn thing. Uh, and, and workers, huge, huge numbers of workers necessary in order to, to put it up there. Um, but, you know, you, you still do need people around to, uh, to have a, a pool to select from. And I think that people would, would keep having, not everybody, but I think enough people would keep having kids with the, with the hope that their line would be one of the lines, one of the incredibly lucky lines, to, to be selected. And, um, you know, and I, I think they'd probably start doing a little bit of self-selection, too. Like, I think that the culture would go up quite a bit. I think people would try to become more educated to be selected and be picked. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, with 80 years, you've got four generations. So you can like, you can say that you're you're trying to do you're trying to self-select to make the best person possible, in for your great great grandkid to, to be the one to get on there. Um, so yeah, it's I don't I, I've put some thought into it. In fact, I wrote a short story uh, called Last Launch. We're still trying to find a place to uh, to to put that up. Uh, but if all else fails, we'll either in, we'll either put it up on my on my uh, website uh, as a freebie, or we'll uh, stick it, you know, in like you know the next book as a uh, as a you know little bonus content. Content, but it's it's the story of the actually the main character of the arcs, way way ancestors, as they're getting on uh, as they're getting to the launch pad to to go up to the ark to board, you know, and, and leave Earth, uh, and just to. S- a glimpse of what's happened to the Earth at that point, and, and you know where everybody's where everybody's at. Just a small glimpse, but yeah, I, I gave a lot of thought to what would happen enough that I could probably write another prequel book, even though I kind of hate prequels as a general rule. Um, but yeah, there's there's enough green room writing there to that I think I can back up with at least some psychology to uh, make a to make a good argument for it. Yeah. No, I am just a lifelong nerd. Um, my <laughs> were you just like me and read a bunch of souls and some books growing up? <laughs> no, my 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 background. Uh, in fact, I I got a got a post coming up soon about uh, I'll write what you know. It's uh, you know that that old advice is just nonsense because if I had written what I know, this book would be about selling Medicare Advantage plans uh, and dealing with a man- emotionally manipulative ex-wife. You know, and that's no. Nobody wants to read that. So, <laughs> so you know, um, but, but yeah, I just uh, I've been so so deep into this stuff for so long. I've been reading about every little scrap of stuff for so long that it's just uh, built up a, a bank of crap that I needed to put somewhere, and it seemed like a good outlet. So. And the really exciting part now, uh, as far as Hollywood is concerned, um, and and those possibilities, I mean, you had mentioned Orson Scott Card earlier, and uh, you know the Ender's Game came out in 81, 82, something like that. Um, 
I know I was a little kid when it came out. Um, and it took up until just a couple of years ago. I mean, it was 30 years before that finally made it all the way through development hell and, and got onto the big screen. That's not, that's not true anymore. Yeah, well, it's the it's the technology to to some degree, but just the uh, or the same thing with with Dune. I mean, Dune came out in the '60s, and it wasn't until you know the '80s, and then again in the early 2000s when sci-fi did their t- their TV series before it's on the screen. But the turnaround time is so much less now, um, oh, yeah. so much less. And so they, uh, there's a uh, Hollywood is really looking and stretching, you know, for original, for original content. Yeah. And I think they should definitely start turning the books, and I, they kind of have. Because and they have. We're seeing the same recycled superheroes over and over again. We're seeing the same recycled reboots over and over again. I think they're going to hit a point where they realize we need original content and we have a plethora of stories in novels. Well, and some of them are just amazing stuff. Um, and not just movies, but TV, too. Like this, there's a series by, uh, by James S.A. Corey called The Expanse Series, and that's coming out on uh, in December as uh, Sci-Fi's next big next big uh, space opera TV show. Um, and if it's half as good as those books are, it is going to blow everybody away. And those books only started coming out like two years ago. I think the first one came out in 2011 or 2012, something like that. So there, it's not been long at all between it becoming a, a commercial success, you know, as far as uh, novelizations are concerned. They're on the fifth book out of uh, nine planned ones right now. Uh, so it was just a handful of years between that and then actually making it to to the small screen. And the really cool thing about it is that one of the writers, actually James S. A. Curry is a is a pen name that the two different guys or the two guys, partners use. And one of them moved out to L. A. and is now the head writer for the TV show to make sure they get it right. Because Hollywood lately has been getting a lot better about really including the original creatives in their own properties. And I think that trend really started with J.K. Rowling on the, uh, on the uh, Harry Potter movies. Because she was, I mean, although she wasn't, a, she wasn't directing them and she wasn't a, directly a writer for them, her involvement was, was so much more in-depth than adaptations usually had from an author. And they were drastically better movies because of it. So that's exciting for, for people like me, too. In fact, a couple of friends of mine have, have had... Uh, you know, movie rights optioned recently, like uh, uh, Time Salvager by Wesley Chu was just optioned by Michael Bay. Uh, in fact, the option was bought before the book was even published, <laughs> like just by a month or so. I think trying to recognize what makes a good story and definitely what's going to make a good screen adaption. So I think that's awesome. I definitely want to pick up a copy of the book. I'm super impressed. I love all the thought behind it. Uh, very impressive, dude. Me and Jess are filmmakers. If it comes to that, we will make sure it happens. But uh, excellent, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff, dude. Yeah, it's really. Thank cool. you very much. Now, this, again, the book comes out November third. November third, it drops. Yeah, it's through Angry Robot Books. Yeah, uh, it'll be hardback, or is it hardback or softback? Pa- paperback, paperback, okay, paperback. Yeah. Uh, you can get your ebook, and hopefully, if everything works right, you can also pick up your audiobook copy as I well. I would love an audiobook. Yes. There will there will definitely be an audiobook uh, copy through Audible. Um, it's the question is just now whether they uh, because they just got the files on it like yesterday. Uh, so the question is now is just can they can they turn it around in time to launch with the other two? And the answer is probably yes, but you know you you never know until the last minute. So. 
Sounds like an awesome book. Everyone run out and pre-order your copy or wait and then buy it when it comes out. So uh, it sounds like a story you will not regret. Is it going to be hitting stores like Barnes & Noble as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it will. Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you can go uh, pick up your pre-order now. Yes, you can. Amazing. So, again, hey, thanks for coming on the show t- tonight, and you know, sorry about the technical difficulties. Those were a little bit of out of our control, but I'm glad we were able to get you on so we could talk about the book. Absolutely. I was glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me again. All right. Well, have a good night, and we'll talk again. It sounds good. Take it easy now. And we're back. It's now working. Woo-hoo! It's working. I hate, I hate that. I hate that every, every time they hear us, it starts with, it's working. Yay! <laughs> okay, so for those of you that are tuned in, we we apologize. So Blog Tech Radio, who we use to broadcast our show, did a giant dead. Deadpool just showed up and started blowing up <laughs> servers. <laughs> Deadpool showed up. I mean, really, that's, that's all I could say. Everything just crashed massively. So if you were trying to listen to the show, Deadpool, you probably just heard classical music. Deadpool. And then suddenly we got this big old warning. Um, anyway, so we've, we put the, the show together. Uh, Patrick Tomlinson, great book awesome you awesome need to interview. go out there yeah really I, I was impressed you guys just like took over well because we were like so interested in it Very interesting. babe have i showed you titan ae yet no i haven't seen it great. it is actually really good yeah titan i know i've AE. wanted to see i think it. have it we were watching it tonight yes. yeah so good. um that the book sounds awesome like really we took over because like, it's a good soundtrack really good. on that too yeah you had some creed oh, titan and some AE. other stuff yeah oh yeah <laughs> creed it was yeah. it was like well that was back in the day when they were actually I think that, that, that song's that actually song? on there. It's in the movie. Yeah. They have like this '90s thing. blend of like yeah. cultural music in it too, because that's what the people on Earth used to listen to. It's yeah. pretty good. It's awesome. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that was an awesome interview. I loved his story. He's a very intelligent human being. Yeah. I'm the kind of kid that every day he got a library card to go to his uh, his little library in his mm-hmm. elementary school. I would always pick up the Star Wars books that explained how the ships worked. Yeah. And explained how the Death Star worked and how fast they go and the kind of velocity you can go at. I loved the fact that he knew what every single piece of equipment in his book did, how it worked, where it came from, how it takes a build, and how you know, it yeah. was just perfect. It was. Loved it. Loved no, it. no, I mean, that, that's really cool stuff. Uh, as well as, you know, we didn't play it, but you heard it because it was played during the show, the interview with Outchasers. So uh, talking with Cooper um, in during the interview, because we interviewed him at Solid, Ga- uh, Solid Gaming Con, uh, they were planning on having the Kickstarter kick off on the 14th, so just next week. Unfortunately, uh, because they want to make everything epic and, and perfect when they launch, they're actually pushing their launch date to October. I don't have a solid exact date, but it is being pushed to October just because they want to make sure everything is perfect so that you will get the most out of your game. Now, the nice thing about this game is you know, there's a lot of game card games out there where you have to, you know, you get your set and then you got to buy more expansions and everything. The cool thing about their, this game is you get everything ready to play. Thank God. I mean, so you don't have to spend more money to get this and that to play. Everything is already there. I've brought this up once before. I'm saying it again. One of the best gaming memes ever of all time on Facebook. Uh, they showed you ordering a hamburger. Mm-hmm. And the hamburger came with a bun. And the DLC packs were the meat, the mm-hmm. cheese, the condiments, the veggies, Everything else had to be bought separately. Yeah. And then it said underneath that, the original games. And it was just a flat cheeseburger. Yeah. And then it showed, like, a drink and fries, and that was, like, you know, some other whatever. It, was, it wasn't It was a big deal back then to get games. Yeah. And nowadays, I hate the fact that it takes so much money to get a complete game. So oh, yeah. Love right. that. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, 
I had, I'm a huge fan of, of SimCity. So SimCity is awesome. Uh, great game, you know. But if you get it on, like, on your tablet or anything like that, you can only build so much, and then you have to spend money to get other resources to complete buildings. Or, you know, otherwise you're taking weeks or months just to get a couple things, and you can't build up higher because, oh, you need you need that uh, that fire station. But you can't get the fire station unless you pay this, and it's, like, ridiculous. I hate when I get to the point where, like, it says matchmaking will not complete because you're missing the DLC packs 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I was like, I'm not buying a freaking DLC pack. I just want to play the game on yeah. the modes that I'm okay with. I'm worried that's going to happen with Battlefront. Not going to lie. Yeah. But at the same time, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do. And oh, you want solo mode? Hey, it's a DLC. Hey, what? Yeah, it's a solo mode. No, I know. No what comes with the game anymore. That's the thing that's really frustrating me about uh, Battlefront is there is no solo mode, which will, in the game. And I'm actually gonna say you're completely right. It might come out in a DLC. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't include a story with Battlefront. It's completely standard, not to the just to the Battlefront series, but to every game series today. Oh yeah. You have to have a story. And then the multiplayer sometimes takes over, but you have the story to go off of it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll uh, see. It's I'm buying it anyway. I'll let you guys know what I think. Awesome. Okay. So um, I don't know if we'll be doing a show next week. So just just a heads up because these we'll g- miss you, guys. you guys are crazy crazy busy uh, preparing for your wedding, what and I'll probably be moving next week. Um, and then the week after that is Comic Con, so we will be pushing out a show that week, but it'll be a little bit later. It won't be on Thursday. In it the case that we do not hear you guys again for two weeks, Deadpool, 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 Deadpool. Yeah. It's so weird. It. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the show, miss we will us. be broadcasting a show from Sully Comic Con. That'll be, we'll be pushing that out on the net uh, that Saturday. So, if you want to come see the show, come down to Sully Comic Con Friday night. It's at 5 o'clock. Uh, come find us, and then you can participate in part of the show. It might be crazy. We're going to have Michael Brent Collings on the show. And it's never a dull moment when he's on there. Nope. I mean, he's already mentioned gold babies and sometimes vomits mentioned or other things. That is the kind of panel I want to be participating in. Awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be great. You all get excited. It will check be Check out the rest of our panels on our website as well. You can check us out at yep. Comic-Con in several different time slots and areas of Comic-Con. Yes, and, and, and we might get it where Michael Brand just doesn't talk because there's a, a good-looking girl on – you know, on the other side of the microphone, and he might just Has stop. he met Jess yet? No, he hasn't. Okay, then he's not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Good guy, but who knows. So anyways, uh, come check that out. Check us out at Comic-Con. Come join us. You know, just come join the fun at Comic-Con. If for nothing else, just uh, experience And show it. us your cosplay. Oh, yes, we want, oh, we want cosplay. Say something else. Show us your, show show us us your, your co- cosplays. Co- cosplays. <laughs> yes. Actually, post your That's pictures scary. on uh, on our Facebook page of what you're going to be trotting around in Comic-Con yes, for, listeners. and then we can look out for you and give you a high five. Listeners, yes. we want to see your costumes. Absolutely. Post pictures. Actually, we'll put, we can throw this out. It, we will do a vote, the three Ooh, of us, yeah. of who has the best one and uh, – We'll have a prize. Nice. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So uh, we will be back. Well, we won't be back next week. We'll be back in two weeks because of Comic-Con. And uh, we'll see you then. Post your pictures. Deadpool. Everything. Don't say Deadpool. Deadpool. Why did we say Deadpool?